I'm Jonathan Coleman, one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills. Good morning, everyone gathered here and those who are on uh, our live stream uh, viewing. Uh, I want to welcome you. Happy New Year. It's good to have 2021 ushered in. Um, we, we are starting a new series uh, titled Wake Up uh, from Our Spiritual uh, Slumber. And I think it's always challenging to wake up uh, from sometimes from bed. I know this morning the bed was like a tractor beam magnetizing me to the sheets there. And so uh, this is just a part of, of what we talk about every uh, first Sunday of the year. And so, um, but this series is gonna, really going to introduce to us just how we can wake up to the second part of the gospel. That God wants to give us abundant life in so many ways and have that completely fulfilled in us through surrender in many, many other ways. And so th- this first Sunday of, of January as well, we, we look at the state of the church. And so we have many words from our senior leader. I'm a military background, and so it's always good to hear from our senior leadership, Mark Rowland. And so a good portion of this is, is from him, but I Jonathanized it. So uh, you'll, you'll hear some of that within it, but you'll hear goals. And so we, we know that 2020, the first three months started off with a lot of excitement and promise, and we were tracking to have a pretty effective year. But then, as we all know, mid-March, that doggone virus came in, and everything came to a screeching halt. And we just about missed every metric or goal that we set for 2020. The bright spot was the reopening at Salem, and Salem campus, and I just preached there at, at 10 a.m., and I love driving over here, and it's just filled with the Holy Spirit. We had a nice crowd there this morning, and so despite the virus, we were able to uh, renovate that facility and reopen or open it in September. We set a goal of the average worship to be 40. In the first quarter, we had the average worship of 63 folks attending. And so it's becoming that center of hope and healing. Giving was another bright spot. And we're so grateful for your generosity. And you saw a lot of specifics within that video. November's stewardship campaign, it fell a little short of expectations. So we've trimmed back our, our budget for the first few months of 2021. So we're going to see what happens there as far as uh, our expenses. And we hope and pray that vaccine will bring some uh, normalization. That's a great word. Back to uh, our church community and our world. Sunday morning attendance has changed a lot. Uh, by September, we began to see attendance pretty much stabilize, and we've been observing this. About our third of congregation worships, like you here in person, and then another third worship via live stream. Hi, folks there that are tuning in through their smartphones or their computers or their smart TVs. And, and then also, it seems like a third have disengaged for some reason. And so we're trying to reach out and help those folks re-engaged. When the virus closed live worship in, per, per, in person, we saw from the video that we remained open through live streaming. And even though there was technical difficulties in that, we pivoted and made those adjustments. And you saw that in the video, that we made some of those improvements to be able to show this worship service to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that are viewing. 
And so we're reopened. We reopened on May 31st. Student ministry on August 30th and our children ministry on September 20th. And these numbers have substantially dropped. And it's tough to keep volunteers engaged. And I know when we opened back up our coffee bar, we had to really seek out folks to uh, partake and help serve in that. And then we had to shut it down again as numbers started to spike. And so it remains a challenge to, to keep these ministries afloat. However, we anticipate that these ministries will flourish once again. And the faithfulness of our volunteers will re-engage others as hopefully we see some normalcy come. Small groups have also declined, and we know that a lot of us tune in via Zoom through our life groups and those ministries. And, and so we've seen some things be canceled or postponed, but we're trying to reactivate, and we've seen some growth opportunities through, and you just saw it at the beginning as Mark Mazzaro introduced this, this new disciple Bible study, 24 Weeks. Also, pastoral care um, has been more of a challenge. We've seen, you know, pastoral care is just very, very face-to-face incarnational ministries, and it's hard to, when you can't get into the hospitals or nursing homes. And so you were able to communicate with folks over the phone or email or through family members, and it just makes a very difficult challenge there. Evangelism has the same issue. It requires that human interaction and building relationships. But there's no better time, and I believe this with all of myself, there's no better time than to share good news and offer life and hope to folks in the now, presently. It could bring hope in the midst of their strife and trials. People are looking for help in some ways, and they're turning to false things to get that help. They're looking for peace, and they're looking for meaning in all of this. And we embody, we have this treasure that we can offer to them to find assistance for all of those things. And so one of the things I, th- I love about what Mark Rowland said in his State of the Church address, he said, what I'm most proud of is the way our staff and our leadership were able to quickly pivot to deal with this new reality that we understand. And I think 2020 will be one of those years that we can look back and mark our lives from. And so 2021, I'm so hopeful for it. Change can be very hard, but we're able to do that. And I think God is calling us as a church to change. In 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 9, the Apostle Paul uh, finds himself trying to define his apostleship to many, many people. And there were still people who were critical of his leadership because he was doing things in a unique way. And they're not, they weren't even willing to support him or Barnabas financially. So he found different ways to get his work supported in ministry. Let's take a look at these verses in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. He says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. 
I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. Every bit of Paul's existence was centered on sharing the gospel. It was the core of his being. He had the best news in history, and he knew that news, and he wanted to spread that news. He discovered that he needed to connect with people on their level and their interests and their beliefs. And he couldn't preach the gospel the same way to everyone, so he discovered various ways into various avenues of reaching these people. He was willing to do or change in any way necessary to reach these people with this incredible good news. As he says, to win as many as possible. And he's not bound by, but this is the way we've always done it type of ministry. And it seems like the church can get in to that. While we often see change as a bad thing, change can be a gift from God. Change can be a gift from God. I believe that God uses the events of our lives to grow us, to mature us, to experience his love, and to love others deeper and in unique ways. You're never too old to change, folks. Never. But you can become resistant to change at any age. And so sometimes when we, when we grow, we're resistant to that growth, we can become stagnant, refusing to move, and God will send into our lives people or events to shake us up, like this podium, <laughs> to get our attention, to get us going and growing in unique and different ways. And so God calls us to step out and embrace this change. Our fear of letting go of the familiar, and we all know that. There's fear in doing that. And it can also, there could be fear taking us into potentially uncomfortable places, and we fear that as well. But that's a part of, I believe, the great adventure of living in Christ Jesus. I think that sense of adventure is a part of our human nature, isn't it? Don't lose that wonder and sense of adventure in your lives, no matter what age. I think we get bored and restless when we're not being challenged. It's no different in our spiritual life. God is prodding us to move beyond where we are. And sometimes God says, come on, come on. You've been sitting in that same chair or pew for the last 25 years and listening to all of these messages and just remaining the same. Take what you learn. Do something other in your spiritual realm. I remember when I was a farmhand for Tom DeVille in Rising Sun, Indiana, and Tom had acres and acres and acres of alfalfa, and I would square bale that alfalfa, and he would sell it to Kentucky horse farmers. And so he asked me to shovel manure in the manure spreader and spread it through all these hundreds of acres, and he had tons of cows. And he noticed that I was doing something one day, that I was taking the tractor out the same way into the alfalfa fields every day when I was spreading the manure. And he stopped me. He said, Jonathan, I want you to take this tractor out in different ways. 
every time you spread this manure. And I was like, why? He said, you will form a rut. And if you keep doing that, that rut will bottom out that tractor and trailer. And so I learned something that day, and I think it has everything to do with our lives in the now, and we can get into that rut spiritually. And I think God is showing us creative ways that we can interact spiritually with others and interact with ourselves and interact with him. And God calls us to step out and embrace that change. And so we find out that God wants to do new movements in our congregation and what we experience together. And we put out a survey a couple months ago to get an idea how we're doing spiritually. 271 of you responded, and those of you who did, who did seem to be growing in your spiritual life despite a very difficult year, and that is so awesome. When we ask you to put yourself into one of these segments on the spiritual continuing, and we called the first group of that segment exploring Christ. The people in that segment have a basic belief in God, but they're unsure about Christ and his role in their lives. The second group is called growing in Christ, and the people in this segment have a personal relationship with Christ, and they're working on it, and they want to get to know him better. The third group is called close to Christ. People in that segment feel really close to God, depend upon him daily for guidance. Faith is personally deepened and significant force and relevant to every way in which they experience each moment daily. The last group is Christ-centered. People in this segment describe their relationship with Jesus as the most important relationship in their lives. It guides everything they do. And the word that best characterizes this group is surrendered. Here's where you put yourself. Here is where we see 2020 when you guys uh, filled these out, 271 of you. One, exploring, 23, growing, 47% close to Christ, 30% Christ-centered. 2017, let's look at 2017, last time we did this. We had 8%, 34%, 32% close to Christ, and 25%. Christ-centered. So the first two declined, and the last two have increased, and I believe a lot. Your beliefs have matured. Your spiritual practices, such as prayer, worship, and small group involvement, and serving in ministry has increased. One area the church has always struggled with is sharing our faith. And guess what? We still struggle in that. So where are you? Where would you put yourself right now at this time? So I want to share some goals for sharing our faith that have to do, that we want to see happen in 2021. The first has to do with evangelism, and it is sharing our faith. It is one of the things in which we do for our existence, like Paul, the apostle. The last thing Jesus said before his ascension is found in Matthew 28, 19, and it's right up there. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. You see, there's, a very, there's very unique ways that we can do this, and this might be different to us. One is digital evangelism. 
It's using the internet or our mobile devices or social media platforms to share the gospel. And it's perfect for our reality in the COVID uh, world. It's not broadcasting. Broadcasting is just a one-way type of thing. Digital at its best is relational. It's interaction. Folks, there are 7 billion people in this world. 7 billion. 4 billion are on the internet. 3 billion are on social media. It means all of us can be social media missionaries. There's no longer any excuse for not doing it. We can all go live at one time and just share a simple devotion and do a prayer for maybe our Facebook friends or those who are in Instagram and other means. The other way we'll do that is at our Salem campus. Despite the obstacles we have encountered, God is bringing people into the church and welcoming them here and there, introducing them to Jesus and discipling them. One of the things that happens when you open up a new venue like Salem, it attracts new people who may not have considered attending a current one. They've passed out. Listen to this. In Mount Washington, 2,500 door hangers. Thursday night meals attracted the attention of the community and people came to those. And we're going to start that up again. A stranger saw what was happening at Salem and she handed Sue Lee a $1,000 check and said, I want to be a part of this when she heard what was happening there. The second goal is to form new bands. While digital missionary and of digital evangelism is widespread and broad, our bands are close and personal within three to five people. And it's not a band. It's not a musical group. You know how you learn G-A-D on the guitar and form a band. It's not that at all. It's not a new idea to us in Methodism. John Wesley saw these Movarians experiencing tremendous spiritual growth in tight-knit circles. And so we need to revive that in the now, in our time. And I believe people are hungry for friendships, for community, for interacting with people of the same sex and like-mindedness. You see, the Methodist movement began when John Wesley preached throughout England and Ireland and Wales. And he saw a tremendous effect happen. And churches began to fill up. And society began to change for the better. But Wesley noticed how many people quickly fell back into old habits and stopped going to worship and growth spiritually. He looked around for the answer and he came up with the idea of bands to help new and existing converts grow in their spiritual life. Bands were at the heart of God's great work and he saw that happen as these bands continued to flourish in early Methodism. But most churches gave them up by the end of the 19th century. And so here we are in 2021. One of the goals of Anderson Hills is to start at least eight new bands in 2021. Pam Schwartz, who's on staff here, she began, she recruited three women, one of whom is my wife, Kim, and they began to meet weekly. You saw it in the video. And it worked so, so well. All four women experienced transformation, and last fall, they decided to start a, new, a few more. And they're perfect, I believe, for the COVID era. A couple weeks ago, and some of the guys are in here today, I asked prior military men 
to start a band, and we're just getting that off the ground to launch it up. And so we meet via Zoom, and I can see us meeting in person very, very soon on Monday nights at 7 p.m. These men are like-minded, and they're not your traditional small group or Bible study. It's not a fellowship group. And so these, these men and women are meeting together. They're committing to practice these habits that we have at Anderson Hills, and I'll introduce that in a few minutes. But they become the love of God for each other and the love of God for the world. Listen to these five questions that these bands eventually ask each other. Number one, how is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? What are your struggles and successes from this past week? How might the Spirit and Scriptures be speaking in your life? And then eventually you start to ask question number four, do you have any sin that you want to confess? Are there any secrets or hidden things you would like to share? And so these questions are shared in a confidential, trusting format to where there's no judgment and we assist each other in love to keep walking in that life of surrenderedness. Our vision for this spiritual growth is, is not going to happen without these spiritual friendships. And so you might be interested, you might be thinking, how do I get in a van, in, in a van not a van, a band right now, Amy Tomlinson is our adult discipleship director. Finally, one of our goals has to do with me. It's investing in fresh expressions. It's a movement of missionary disciples cultivating new kinds of church and ways of the church alongside existing congregations. I always say that this is like the restaurant, and we have experienced things together, meals and and feedings, but for the soul and spirit, and I'm the food truck. I take the food truck outside the church, and I do it in breweries, and I do it in art studios and VFW posts and assisted living centers. And so we see these fresh expressions, and when I came here in 2018, I began to cast this vision, and the leadership trusted this vision, and they brought me on staff here. It's not new. In 2004, the British Methodist Church birthed thousands of new faith communities ranging from messy church for families. They had biker churches, cowboy churches, Bibles and burrito churches, and art studios like we have the colorful cupboard. We had to shut that one down in March. And I remember that day on March 12th, we had that fresh expression filled up. But then we started hearing, and it seemed like the world started going wild that Thursday, and we only had one person show up. We still ministered to that person, and we had all of these canvases and paints paint out. But see, we did not stop. We shut them down for a little bit, but we just reopened a few months ago our brewery ministries at Little Miami Brewing Company and Big Ash Brewing Company. And so we have our fresh expression. Yesterday we did one, and we had over 35 people in attendance in that facility experiencing that and people tuning in via the internet and live stream. We have four guests who came for the very first time. You see, we need to make it a priority to invite our friends, 
our relatives, our neighbors, and associates to our Fresh Expression Ministries. You see, our world is changing rapidly, and the church needs to be rooted in expressions like this, scripture, orthodoxy, tradition, but also change. We need to speak the language of society and the culture of our world today and make it relevant for them. My guess is is that 2020 was a huge disruption to your life, and I know it was for my life. It has called you, though, to make changes in your life. And some may don't welcome change too easily or want to change. Some changes have been tragic. But you know what? I believe some changes have been a gift of God when we trusted. One of the changes that might be good for us is to restart the practice of six habits. You might have received a six habits card. I have it here somewhere. There it is. It's outside. Uh, You can pick one up. And we want you to fill that out uh, right now if you're here present. And then if you're online, you can go to our events page and you can fill it out digitally. But fill this out and commit and covenant together as the church and then just drop it into the bin. And our senior leader, Mark Rowland, will sign this. They'll laminate it and they'll give it back to you. You see, what is God calling you to change? It may be a different career, maybe a new way of relating to your children, a new way of loving your spouse, because the old way doesn't work anymore. Maybe you need to wake up from your slumber because you've been stuck in the same place spiritually in a rut for some time. God is wanting to take all of us and you personally to the next level. Are you going to allow him to do that and I don't know what that looks like for you specifically but I know it what it looks like for me you know sometimes the old way feels so comfortable (laughs) and feels better but it might not be what is good don't let a moment go by right now January 20 or January 3rd 2021 to say yes to this call by God I want to close before we have communion with Wesley's covenant prayer. Methodists have been praying this prayer since for over 250 years at the new year, and it'll be up on the screen. It's a prayer of surrender to the plans of God. Let's pray this together. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be to work for you or set aside for you, praise for you or criticize for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in